Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text this morning is 1 John chapter 4, verse 13 to 21. 1 John chapter 4, verse 13 to 21. I'll be reading that in portions. Our theme for this Sunday is God loves us with goals in mind. Number one point is he wants us to remain in him. And I'll read verse 13 to 16. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Dear Christian friends, indeed God has goals. I want to explain to you a ring with three, uh, three circles. The innermost ring is God's objective acts on our behalf. The father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. That's the point you need to get. The second ring is the middle ring. The middle ring is our uh, subjective faith that believes and holds what God has done for us. He has given us of his spirit. The third point is the outer ring. The outer ring is the testimony of our life response to the gospel. If anyone confesses, again, a better translation than acknowledges, confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in that particular person. God is love, the Bible tells us so. This is a very short sentence, God is love. But it is a very big thought, it has a very big thought. It is uh, the twin of chapter 1 verse 5 which says God is light. The idea is that our God provides illumination to help us think straight and he provides love, power to help us act right. Those are God's goals. What a comforting thought, my dear brothers and sisters. When John says that you should love one another, you don't have to come up with that love on your own. It's already there. God has already provided it. All we have to do is to act upon it. God has already placed it in your heart. It's your part to use what you already have. Let it out. You need to let love out. God is love. More comfort when we don't like what we see God, God is doing or when we fret about what we think God is not doing, it helps to take a deep breath and realize that his dominant emotion toward us because of Jesus is love. He is working all things together for those who love him who are called according to his purpose. Everything he does and everything he chooses not to do is driven by his passionate love for his people, you and me. 
He loves his people. He loves his children far more than any of us fathers or mothers love our kids. Living in love is like basking in God's very presence. In this world, we are like him. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Wow. Wouldn't that uh, be something that somebody should always look, look out for? We are living in this world with God. And that's why his goal is to make sure that we perform what he has prepared for us. We move on into our next point. The goal that God has, the second goal is he wants our fears to be cast out. He doesn't want his Christians in this world to be afraid. And I read from verse 17 to and 18. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That's the goal the Lord Jesus has for us. Now, dear Christian friends, letting love be your dominant mindset in life drives out fear. When you allow love to live in you, to, to take care of your life, it means this love will drive out fear. You know, sometimes people are afraid to talk about Jesus to some other people. People are afraid even to express their faith eh, to others. No, the question is, is the love of Jesus in them? Who wants to live in constant fear? Nobody should live in constant fear. Living in love expresses the love God first gave you and helps you grow in the confidence that God must really think you are valuable. You don't have to interpret the hardships of your life as signs that God is punishing you, no. You don't have to spoil your good times by dreading when the hammer might come down. You don't have to stifle happiness thinking, I'll pay for this later. No. You can head into judgment day, whistling because your fear of eternal punishment is gone. Let me ex explain about whistling, getting into eternal uh, judgment, uh, on the judgment day, getting into eternal life. You know, when someone is very comfortable, they blow their whistle. Even when they are watering a garden, they are busy. Because they are confident of what they are doing, they don't need to, 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 uh, to panic. So a person who believes in the love of God in them, they will go whistling into uh, the judgment day when Jesus comes to judge the world, and they walk there majestically because they know their work was already completed. You don't have to be afraid. And now we move on into the third point. The goal which Jesus has as number three, he wants our love to touch others. 
I'll read from verse 19 to 21. He wants our love to touch others. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Dear friends, the Bible says in verse 19, he first loved us. That is a relationship that God developed between you and him. What a relief it is to know that when God commands us to love others, other sinful and deserving people, we don't have to come up with it. No, that love completely on our own. We merely have to pick up, use, and develop what's already there. God isn't saying, come on, get love. Uh-uh. He is simply expecting us to use what we have. God has given us love. God has given you love. God has given me love. All we have to do is to get up and use it. Get up and use it to your neighbor. Get up and use it to love your father. Get up and use it to love, to love your daughters, to love your uh, sons, to love your uncle, to love your neighbor and everyone else because love is already there. The spirit who converted us has left a deposit of his love in our hearts. He deposited it. It should be there. And the more we give it away, the more we receive anew from the spirit. If you, my fellow Christian friends, if you are going to leave love domin uh, dominant in your heart and it stays there, it is not used, you don't give it out, that is the only love you will have. God won't add another love on top of that. So please start dishing love out. Start uh, using the love that God has deposited into your life so that he brings in more and more love into your life. What a relief it is to know that we don't have to save ourselves, regenerate our own dead hearts, transform our own hostile minds, climb up to God or earn his approval. God has made all the first moves. God has given us all the abilities he expects us to use. God is not commanding the impossible. Why are you shy? Why are you afraid of expressing your love to other people? It is natural, my dear Christian friends, even automatic, that as you grow in your awareness of God's love for you, you grow in your desire to show love uh, to other people. It should be automatic to love. We know and rely on the love God has for us, like we saw in verse 16. It should be automatic to love another person because the love that you are using, it is the love which was given you by God. Let me tell you that God's love is different from Hollywood love. TV and movies present love as a mysterious emotional force that you simply respond to and that must be obeyed. When that mysterious force fades away, you no longer need to feel any attachment or obligation to the other person. 
But God's love is more a decision of the mind that creates an emotional reaction. It is a combination of both. The mind is affected by what God has done and then it if, uh, trickles down to the emotions and somebody feels they have to love somebody. Not this Hollywood type of love which is just emotion. When the emotions or the feelings are gone, then somebody stops love, loving the other. I think this is something that we should emphasize on. Many people have lost their love because they just want to use emotions. Dear Christian friends, Jesus chose to take on our flesh but not because he was you know, enchanted by the fun of childbirth in an animal pen. Jesus chose to make a personal atonement for our sins but not because he felt like experiencing nails and thorns. A Christian pastor said once, Godly love is the willingness to inconvenience yourself to bring benefit to somebody else. Christian families and fellowships are full of examples of the spirit at work in people's hearts. For example, when a married Christian chooses to stay with a spouse long after the fun is gone from the, the marriage for no other reason than the Lord asks them or her to do. There are times when people run out of love but they, stay, they live on together because God tells them to love unconditionally. Number two, when someone gives up their freedom and travel uh, vacations for years in order to take care of an elderly relative, that is love. Another example, when a Christian overcomes years of being in a racist environment and learns to accept and treasure people of another race or culture, that is love unconditionally. When a parent cheerfully watches all of his money go to tuitions instead of new golf clubs to, to enjoy themselves and then they don't complain, that is love. When a couple that already has a lot of responsibilities decides to put another plate at the table and take in a foster child, that is love. When a child without prompting gives some food or a doll to another child who doesn't have much, that is love, my dear Christian friends. With the strong and uncompromising words of verse 20, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. John returns to another key theme of his book. There is a seamless connection between real faith and loving actions. Neither exists without the other. He wants to explode hypocrisy and shine light on liars. He wants to make Christians uncomfortable with Christianity that is merely talk. You can't love God if you are consumed with hatred toward your brother. Hypocrisy is a terrible problem for Christians because it can mask, like coronavirus, spiritual sickness or even death. It is fairly easy to pretend to love by saying the right things occasionally. But my dear Christian friends, we should be uh, truthful in our love. But that's just talk. These are the reality. The fact is, the way you treat other people whom you can see shows what you really think of God whom you can see. Dear friends, God wants us to love one another, not pretending, but physically and 
spiritually loving others, that is the love that God has as goes for our lives. God bless you as you love one another. Amen.